In the fall each year we all congregate The mouth all gathered at the church of Hillgate The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, a freshman Drunk and obnoxious, what Georgia faith Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday and that thing Saturday in Athens podcast. We're a Georgia Bulldogs show by dogs fans for dogs fans. I'm your host, Herschel Gurley, joined as always by my co-host, Boss Dog. And Boss, we had the pleasure of interviewing the 83rd governor of the great state of Georgia, Governor Brian Kemp. Governor Kemp was born in Athens and raised in Athens, uh, obviously a Georgia grad. I thought he told some phenomenal stories, you know, going back all the way to the days of Herschel. I was not aware that he had a long-standing relationship and is good friends with the Dooley family. So I loved hearing those stories. What were your thoughts on on our chat with Governor Kemp? I loved the chat, especially the fact that his his answers were very unique because he has a personal relationship with the team in the early '80s and some relationship with obviously the Dooleys. So like his favorite players, you know, uh, Terry Hogue and Scott Warner, and he gave a very good answer that they weren't the most athletic players, but they played their hearts out and they gave their all to the university. And he gave answers that we haven't heard a lot before about like the loudest game he attended. And um, other than the favorite rivalry, you know, we've kind of gotten that pretty much down that I think that's pretty much solid, but very honored to have him on the show. Anytime he's welcome back, love to be able to flesh out some more stories. You know, we had a very limited window. Obviously his time is very valuable, but uh, anytime he wants to come back, please, please do. Yeah. I mean, you and me have talked about this a lot. I always kind of love talking with the guests to gauge, you know, on their crazy meter about the dogs, how, how high they are. Like you and me are like, uh, you know, on a scale of 10, we're like a, a 98. Um, and you can, I think for us, it's easy to pick up people who are really tuned into the dogs and like really follow the dogs and have a history of relationship with, with not just Georgia, but with, with the athletic teams associated with the school. And I, I, I just thought really quickly, you could tell like, oh yeah, he's into it. Like he, yeah. He follows the dogs like it's this has been a thing for him throughout his life. And he loves, you know, he loves Georgia, loves the school. And I thought that was kind of cool just because, you know, I mean, I had no expectation about what that was going to be or or whatever. You know, just I feel like just like any other school, just because somebody goes there, you just have you don't automatically have a gauge on what their passion for it will be. But, man, I thought he was all in and his stories were great. And I, I love the story he told about being in the locker room after they beat Tennessee. and. How great was it when he said, when people ask me what time it is, time I said, it well, is. it's 10 to, 10 10 to 9, 9 in Texas. Texas. Yep. <laughs> oh, That's man. awesome. That was A+. plus. Boy, I love that. So, yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought he told some awesome stories. And, I mean, look, first and foremost, we're just extremely grateful that uh, he made time for us um, to, to tell us a little bit about his Georgia story and share his passion for the university and for Athens. I thought that was the other cool thing, you know, no different than like Colt Ford. He was born and raised in Athens. So I thought that was a a neat part of it as well. So I wish we had had a little bit more time to, to flesh out. I wonder when his schedule comes out every day, if he's like the musical artist that we talked to that he's like, all right, I got 
don't tell me about the game. You know, I'm going to tape it and watch it later. Or if he wants to know what's going on during his appearances, or I'm curious of what his day is like on Saturdays, if he can't watch the game live, he's a political figure. So, I mean, he's got got appearances on Saturdays, you know, he's got to be doing stuff. So I wonder what his days are like on Saturdays. Oh, that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. That would have been a great question to ask him. I, yeah, that, that would be if we talk to him again, I would I would want to know that too. Cause I mean, you know, he's obviously a fan, so he's got to be like the rest of us where he's going, oh man, like I've got to like he was talking about with the Aldine thing about having to either go to a graduation or speak at a graduation. You just have to imagine his time is probably at a premium and, and everybody's trying to get at him for stuff. So yeah, you're probably right. I bet that's that's probably the case. Like he looks at the schedule and goes, "All right." He tells the publicist, "Like, please don't book any appearances." <laughs> yeah, yeah, how to make I the Georgia Florida game? That's, that's a really good point. Clean yeah. slate on this day. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. I also thought it was cool to just hear his optimism about you know where things will be in the fall. I think we're all optimistic about the same things and hoping for the same things, but we just don't know. So it's nice to hear that, just because you don't always hear those things. So it was good to hear that optimism and we sure hope he's right too. Cause man, we, we want the same thing. So yeah, I thought it was great. So anyways, we, we certainly do appreciate governor Kemp spending some time with us and being so gracious and uh, just being so open with his stories. So without further ado, here is our uh, interview with governor Brian Kemp. Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. Governor Kemp, thank you for joining us this morning. I appreciate you spending some time with us. Thanks, sir. So, with G-Day come and gone, the countdown is uh, officially on for the season opener against Clemson in Charlotte on September 4th. What is your excitement level at for the Dogs 2021 season? Man, I can't – it's just hard to even think about how, how exciting it's going to be. I fully expect us to be back to normal, 100% capacity tailgating. And obviously we're starting with a huge game in Charlotte against Clemson. I mean, that is going to be probably the most – watched early football game in the country i would think so we got to keep everybody healthy and i'm uh, very optimistic yeah we are as well i think it's going to be a monster year for the dogs and, and we are on the countdown is officially on for us over here the calendar's ticking slow but we're ready for it well speaking of football i know you played ball in high school for the venerable coach billy henderson could you just talk about what his impact on your life was and what it meant to play for him yeah you know it's interesting i've really had some great coaches over the years that had a big influence on my life and it started really with my little league baseball coach who was just a great fast pitch semi-pro player that taught us great fundamentals and certainly when I, I got to be around coach Henderson at a very young age I think starting when I was about eight years old going and attending his summer workouts and then you know traveling with the team when I was a kid and then getting to play for him later and he, he was just a great leader it really an interesting time with schools integrating and coming out of that and building the program you know in Athens it was as good as anywhere in the state probably in the country at the time just great community support and, but he was a great person too you know he was a big influence not only on football players but he had a, a big influence on cheerleaders managers you know, school band members and just the kids that were coming out to support the program. So he was good for our community as much as he was for those that played for him. Well, not only are you an alum of the University of Georgia, but you are also a son of Athens. What was it like growing up in that community 
And how much of an impact did being a, a member of the Classic City have on you? Oh, wow. It was, uh, you know, what a great time to, to grow up as a kid and to be in Athens around the program. You know, I was fortunate to be great friends with Daniel Dooley, uh, Coach Dooley's oldest son, and, and so, certainly knew, you know, all the Dooley kids and, and Coach and Miss Dooley uh, were like second parents to me, good friends of my parents. And uh, certainly Coach Dooley was a big influence on Daniel and I as well as Miss Dooley was. And you know, to have uh, your high school football coach be Billy Henderson and, you know, your your best friend's dad to be Vince Dooley, coach at the University of Georgia, it was a pretty good experience to be around for a young man to, to uh, really learn a lot about, you know, how you should act and how you should behave in good times and bad times. And it was just a great time to be growing up in the great state of Georgia. Now, being from Athens, was it always a foregone conclusion that you were going to go to UGA or, or were there other schools in the mix? What was that process like? You know, it was really interesting in that regard. I, uh, my favorite sport, and this is probably because Coach Henderson used to kill us on the football field and in the weight room, was baseball. <laughs> and uh, he actually coached us in baseball my sophomore year, and he was an incredible baseball player and coach in his own right. But baseball was really my favorite sport. And after – in my senior season, I was really working hard, getting ready, because we didn't – I didn't have to have spring football practice that year, so I was able to work on uh, my baseball game a little bit more. And uh, We had a good team. You know, I had some great players. Hugh Durham's son, Doug, was on that team. Don Perno, who played on a College World Series team at, at Georgia. I think he won a national championship at – in middle Georgia or South Georgia under coach Sapp. And so we really had some good players on that team. And the first series of the year, we were down in Macon. I was batting clean up, had the bases loaded, 3-0 count. I had the green light and the guy hit me in the wrist and cracked my wrist. So I missed most of my senior season. Oh, I man. Really, yeah, it was, it was, it was tough, but uh, I got back to the playoffs and we made a pretty good run. But you can imagine having not swung a bat and, six or eight weeks, I was pretty rusty. and um, I, But I thought about playing in college and uh, traveled around a little bit and talked to some, some smaller schools, community colleges in South Georgia and Florida about walking on and did that really all summer uh, while playing Legion ball. And then, you know, it got – you know, I kind of started figuring out I wasn't as good as I thought I was, you know, going <laughs> to some of these uh, – camps and then I really made the decision very late to go to Georgia and looking back it was the greatest decision I, I ever made and you couldn't do that now I mean if, if you had to do that now there would be a slot for you so I was very fortunate but it worked out the way it was supposed to and um, I certainly had a great educational experience at UGA. Well you're talking to an old catcher so I love hearing hearing that love of baseball and uh, I understand learning real quick. My first week, my first week of uh, college practice, I got there in the first two bullpens I caught with guys that were six, seven, and I'm five, ten. And I said, "Oh boy, I don't know what I've got yeah. myself into here." <laughs> well, I went to a, a big tryout down in South Georgia, and there's about 400 people there. And I finally got up to take bat practice, and uh, the guy was throwing knuckleballs, and I was like, "You know, this is just not." <laughs> I'd never even seen a knuckleball pitcher. I was like, "This isn't meant to be." I don't think. <laughs> Oh, I so empathize with that. Well, once, once you're at Georgia, I know it's hard to encapsulate this, but, but how good a decision was that? And what have been the lasting 
impacts over the course of your life of being an alumnus of the University of Georgia? Well, listen, that was just a great, you know, great experience, not only academically. I have great appreciation for my degree from Georgia now than, than just about anyone because that's the, the caliber of student there now is just incredible and it's one of the best universities in the country. Also, just learning over the years about the land-grant mission, and it's not just about getting our workforce ready for the future and educating kids, but also just what they do and public outreach and extension to supporting our farmers and supporting local communities and other things. Most people really don't know how forward-thinking uh, that is and how fortunate it is that we have a, a university like that here in the state of Georgia. And so that has been just incredible for me. But also, I think anybody that goes to Georgia just really appreciates the intangibles outside of their educational background and what they learn. Just the people you meet, the social experiences you have, and getting to do some really cool things, whether you're involved in going to the Georgia-Florida game or, or doing research projects, is pretty incredible. Yeah, we've had the privilege throughout doing the podcast of interviewing a number of folks that are graduates of the university from all different fields. And it has been incredible seeing the caliber of person that the university is putting out on a continual basis. And I mean, having folks like that, folks like yourself as ambassadors of the university, it's just what a gift and what a great institution to be associated with. We want to do something with you that we do with all of our, our guests, and that's the Smart 16, which is a a set of 16 questions in honor of Coach Smart, and they're kind of quick hitters. So if you in indulge us, I'm going to kick you off with that, okay? All right. All right, the first one is, what's your middle name? Uh, Porter. Is that a family name? It is. My great-grandmother was a Porter. Oh, love that. Okay, who is your favorite dog of all time? Oh, man, that is a really tough question. <laughs> you know, I, I guess kind of thinking off the cuff, I'd maybe think somebody like Terry Hogue or Scott Warner, maybe. Oh, those are good ones. We had Terry yeah. on the show and he's fantastic. I mean, the thing I like about those guys is they, they didn't have the greatest athletic ability, but they just had a lot of heart and were very tough and gritty. And that kind of reminds me of those teams, you know, back in the day, you know, being around people like Nate Hudson and you know, uh, a lot of other folks uh, that time when I was growing up, Jimmy Payne, you know, went to our arch rival Cedar Shoals, but just really great guys, nice people, but they just had a lot of heart too. What is your favorite game that you've either attended or watched as a Dogs fan? Oh, man. Well, gosh, I got a lot of them. I think uh, I'll just try to give you a quick few that I can remember. Obviously, being in Knoxville when uh, Barbara Dooley was li literally laying down on the bleachers, sitting out in the cheap seats, could not watch the game and seeing Georgia come back and Herschel run over Bill Bates and being in the locker room to hear his interview after it was incredible. It's still, you know, when people ask me what time it is, I say it's 10 to 9 in Texas, that Cotton Bowl game. I remember, <laughs> I remember walking in that game. Nobody gave us a chance to win. There was a dead cat on the on the laying in the gutter when we were walking in the game, and somebody had put two tickets in its mouth because you couldn't give tickets away that game. None of the Texas people went; they thought they were going <laughs> to blow us out. And you know, last stinger, and um, I forget the guy's name. I knew him well that recovered the, 
a fumbled punt and went on to win that game. And I was sitting down in the end zone where, where last thing or scored on that, you know, option bootleg play was great. And then being in Florida at the Georgia Florida game, when we were, I think uh, Florida's ranked number one and a couple of games like that, when Herschel put 200 plus on them and the day that uh, Tim Worley and Rodney Hampton ran all over them. Those are, those were good days. Boy, those are all good ones. I love hearing that Tennessee story. That's fantastic. What is your favorite rivalry that the dogs have? Uh, man, I'm so glad we're playing Clemson again. You know, I used to hate Clemson when we were playing them. Uh, we played them every year when I was in school. And I remember being up there at Death Valley, noon game, just the hottest place I've ever been on my in my life, and they killed us that day. So I think it's good that, that we're playing them again. Um and, you know, I just hate Florida, too. Probably probably worse than a lot of our other rivals. Boy, you and us both. That, that's that's top, of, top of my co-host and I's list for sure. What is, uh, what is your favorite away stadium in the Southeastern Conference? You know, I probably uh, – of the ones that I've been to, I would probably have to say uh, Tennessee. You know, I, I, and that's simply because Daniel and I just left the stands, jumped over the wall – went into the locker room and thankfully nobody stopped us. And after all that was over with the interviews and everything, we walked back out onto the field, all the lights were off and, and uh, looking up at that big old stadium. It was a pretty cool place. What is the loudest home game you've ever attended at Sanford stadium? I think it may have been that. Um, I think it was probably the Clemson night game when we played them. If you remember when, Herschel had hurt his wrist, and nobody knew whether he was going to play that night. I can't remember if that was the first night game at Sanford Stadium or not. But I remember when Herschel, you know, he went in for one play, and he ran over uh, Dan Benish, I think it was, who was Clemson's All-American defensive end who'd been running his mouth the whole game, and he just pancaked that guy. I think that may be the loudest moment I've ever heard in Sanford Stadium. All right, you get to choose the headlining act at the Georgia Theater. Who do you choose? Oh, man. If I could do that right right now, I'm probably going with Jason Aldean. Oh, that's a good one. Boy, he'd be good in that venue, too. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, one of the things that I regret was when he got to play Sanford Stadium, Marty and our girls got to go, but I had a – a graduation or some sort of school ceremony thing. I'm like, I cannot believe I'm not at that concert. <laughs> we miss that too. And I feel like top golf being there is kind of another vent, not to that magnitude, but just something cool that's happening at Sanford. So we made sure we cleared the calendar out and we're, we're not going to miss that. I love, I love off chances to get into Sanford. And so, yeah, I, I agree with that. Okay. Speaking of the cocktail party, what is the cocktail you're mixing for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party? Well, I think it depends on what time of the day it is. You know, if, if it's uh, an early start, I'm, I'm probably going with the Bloody Mary. Uh, it's interesting that you you bring this up. I just left St. Simon's in uh, Stripling's general store. Just I cut the ribbon there Friday, and I told everybody when I was speaking to them, I said, you know, everybody's so excited to be out and about post-COVID, or at least we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, and a lot of visitors coming to the island. They're very busy. And 
I told him, I said, can you imagine this store parking lot on Georgia, Florida weekend? Oh, after man. Not, after not getting to have a normal game last year, I think that's going to be an incredible environment all along the coast of Georgia down to Jacksonville for that game. It's going to be phenomenal. All right, I don't want to get you in trouble with anybody, but you're back in Athens for one meal. What, where are you going? What's your favorite place to eat in Athens? Man, if the shrimp boat was still open, I'd be going there. <laughs> We've gotten that answer before. That's so yeah. interesting. <laughs> oh, that's great. That, that, okay, that would be one of them. But you know, look, there's a there's a lot of lot of good ones. The Mayflower. If you're going to breakfast, it's always a fan of Taco Stand. It's a lot of good places to go. All right. Do you have any game day superstitions? Like anything you got to do on game day? Certain article of clothing you got to wear? Anything like that? No, I'm not too uh, too superstitious. You know, my my post baseball years, I just tried to move away from that. Okay. What is your favorite Sanford Stadium pregame tradition? Whether it's lone trumpet or dog walk or Larry Munson coming over the airwaves, which one's your favorite? Well, I think the I think the lone trumpet is about one of the coolest things in college sports that I've ever seen. I mean, just the energy of when that's happening is I mean, it, it just brings the whole Bulldog Nation together. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool time. How neat was it to given the timing of the Masters in November, that that little interlude they did with the lone trumpet starting it out for the Masters that day. I mean, I, I get chills thinking about that. Yeah, let me tell you that the guys, the folks at Augusta, it's amazing how creative they are just to tie things together, to be able to do that in a way to support the other fall sports that are going on and, and squeeze that thing in there. It's really a testament to them. And and I've told a lot of people this, Seth, that is just the resiliency of our citizens in Georgia, no matter where you are politically, has been incredible over the last year. And that's why we're coming out of this. That's why our economy's doing so good. And we just got to stay after it, get ready for some football. You got that right. All right. Black jerseys, yes or no? You know, I, I like the black jerseys, but I tell you what I really liked is when they came out in the red britches. You know, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a little I'm a little partial to that, obviously, with uh, getting to see Herschel run over Bill Bates and those red pants and white jerseys. And I, th- I thought when they came out in the red pants, the uh, you know, I wasn't so sure how that was going to look, but I thought it looked awesome. Yeah, they looked about as clean as they could look. I mean, that was a crisp, fresh look. We, we loved it. Okay, what's the loss you're still not over? Oh, man. I'm thinking that crazy game in Auburn where the pass hit our defensive back on the helmet and the guy caught that thing. I mean, Auburn is the luckiest team in America. It's oh, unreal. Especially that year. I, well – I think that, and then the other thing is, um, we went to the national championship game, and we're sitting in. I was sitting in the end zone with our middle daughter Lucy, and then Marty and the two other girls had tickets somewhere else in the stadium, and that dang pass from Tua to Smith. I mean, I felt like I could have caught that myself. I was just that pass was coming straight at me, and I. Even when it was halfway up and I saw him break away, I told Lucy, I said, oh, no, I'm not believing this. It was like slow motion. So those two were tough. Okay, what's your order at the varsity? Oh, man. Well, you know, when I was younger and ate a whole lot more than I do now, I'd get a chili cheese steak, chili cheese dogs, and a fries. 
now I'm, I'm mostly just going with a chili cheese dog. I get slaw on it a good bit and, uh, and fries. So that's, that's my staple nowadays. Well, that just tells me you can eat, you can eat with me and boss. So that, that's a good order. I like that. Okay. There ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing noon kickoffs. Yes or no? Oh yeah. I'll definitely be for that. Especially if you're playing, um, you know, in Missouri or Texas where you're actually kicking off at 11 a.m. That's That's right. That's unreligious practices, in my opinion. (laughs) Okay, last question. College football playoff, expand to eight teams or find how it is? You know, I I probably would be all right expanding. I mean, I haven't really heard the arguments against doing that, but I I think there's just so many good teams right now. I I don't really know what that would hurt. I think you could – figure out a way to do it, to incorporate that into some other bowl games, which would be good. And plus it would make more bowl games relevant. You know, you got so many kids that are leaving now and I I completely understand the financial decision on that, but it's taken a lot of weight, a lot of weight from some of the bowl games. So that, that may be helpful. Well, governor, that completes the smart 16. You're off the hot seat on that. Thank you for indulging us. I enjoyed it. All right. Thank you, Governor Kent. We certainly do appreciate the time, man. And go dogs. Hey, go dogs. Hey, George is better now. <laughs>